And welcome to the very first episode of Let's Talk It All. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm Anvil. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about... Uh, us. Us and our past experiences. But I think it's important at first that we acknowledge uh, diversity, diversity Broadcasting. broadcasting for, for hosting us. And uh, having us on their network, which is awesome. And you can find them at diversitybroadcasting.com. And uh, I think uh, we should say a special thanks to Steve at Let's Talk, Talk Ghosts. Ghosts, where we got our start. Yep, uh, that's where I learned to uh, try and be a host anyway. Hosting. Yeah, um, not a ghost, a host. And uh, and I want to say thanks to uh, Let's Talk at all, or Let's Talk Ghosts, because you know what? Uh, they've been posting our uh, our stuff on their on their uh, Facebook yeah. page uh, and promoting us. And Steve, we just want to say thank you very much. And I, I know Steve had has to, had to do the last two shows uh, by himself. Uh, he had no co-host with him. Uh, I think everyone else is busy, which is unfortunate. But Steve, you did a fantastic job. Absolutely. You know, and maybe Will is busy watching wrestling. I don't know, but uh, he wasn't there. <laughs> um, so, uh, Anvil, uh, take it away, man. All right. Well, uh, if you listen to Let's Talk Ghosts at all with this crowd. Uh, you know that I have a background in paranormal investigation, and that is kind of my recent endeavors. Uh, before that, I was two decades in the retail management uh, at a couple of different big boxes in the area and in different states. And before that, I was security, private, public, and personal. And that's where I picked up a lot of my investigative skills and things along those lines. So there's... Uh, 25, 35 years of work experience that I pull on when I when I do investigations and do things like that. Uh, my strong suit is the uh, metaphysical, the occult, um, ghost hunting mostly. Uh, my partner over here, Jeff, does other areas of the paranormal, which he'll get to talk about. Um, but this is something I find interesting and fun to do. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm married to a psychic medium, and she's in... The field as well and we enjoy going out and you know tracking down these pesky poltergeists as mm-hmm. Bill Murray would say <laughs> uh, so this is kind of a natural progression um, we've less talk ghosts was mostly about ghosts and that part of the paranormal we're gonna get into not just the specters but the Sasquatches and the cryptids and the aliens and Anything some other else. stuff we're also going to get in a little bit into uh, the social events and environment that we live in now and the political field. So this is, we're, we're going to talk about it all is what we're going right. to do. That's absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and talk about it all. So. Uh, I actually have a question for you. Okay. What was your first paranormal experience? Uh, it really wasn't until we started doing investigating. And as far as that goes, I am, I am the skeptical baseline for the group um i don't have odd sensations when i walk into a room or into a house um i really have never seen uh, with my own eyes a ghost i rely on the evidence i collect i have collected and gathered some great evps that i cannot explain other than there's something on a different plane a different level making noise and communicating um so I guess my first experience when I was doing some of our first uh, investigations evidence review and we've come across some stuff that's just just crazy crazy stuff uh, I think the first one 
that really got me was uh, I was helping Alani do evidence review, and she's listening to a EVP, and there's a young boy that says hello, ah. and almost instantly you hear this hi in a deep, not menacing but creepy voice, and uh, it was loud enough that you didn't need your headphones, you didn't need your earphones, you could hear it very well, and like I said, the little boy said hi, and within seconds this voice came back and said hi back. Oh wow! And freaked me the fork out. Let yeah, me tell I you. Guess so, yeah. Um, and at that point, you know, you kind of had to say that there's something going on here. Um, being married to a medium has has its own interesting sideshow effects. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if if I hadn't been married to her and seen some of the things I've seen her do, I'd be skeptical as well. But she just she nails it. She she hits on things that. You know, you can't say it was a cold read or she Googled it or right. whatever the case may be. Um, she's the real deal. Whether you believe it or not, she's the real deal. And like with anything, she may not hit 100%, 100% of the time, but when she hits, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I have a healthy skepticism for psychics. Um, I've had some that were just dead on for me, like literally dead on. Phil Jordan was one. Um, Shirley, I can't think of Shirley's last name right now. You would know her, but she's a. No, it wasn't Shirley McLean. I don't know. If it's, no, not that. No, okay. not her. No, close, close. No, but not her. Um, but uh, there's been other ones that uh, you know I've met over the years. I I think it was a paranormal event that we had went together, <laughs> and uh, there was a lady that set up her table. I'm not going to name her, uh, but she was set up next to the Let's Talk Ghost uh, table that we had. And that lady had about much psychic abilities as my big toe does. Um, so there, there are some ones out there that I think are fake. But there, again, like you said, there's some people who oh, apparently have some kind of gift. You know, and uh, I can definitely say that uh, uh, Phil Jordan. There was one actually, uh, Reverend Mary, I think was her name. or yeah, I think she called herself Reverend Mary. She's now passed away. Um, Alani knows who she was. I had talked to her, uh, Alani about her before. Uh, but she was the very first one I ever went to, and I was married to a demon at that time. And uh, she came right out and told me so. And uh, she nailed my divorce and all the different things that were going to happen, you know, right on. You know, so, uh, uh, so yeah, some of them are just, uh, they're gifted, you know, no doubt about it. You know, there's something there. Well, anymore today, they're, they're coming out of, I don't want to say they're coming out of the closet, but you're starting to see more of it. And you're talking about the, the one that we... We're at a show at together. Yeah. Um, sometimes people aren't necessarily being charlatans. They just, they think they have a gift. They think they have a feeling and they go with it. And, you know, if I can't begrudge them doing what they think they should be doing, it's the, it's the charlatans. It's the one that wants $500 to cleanse your chakras <laughs> and things like that, that we got the problem with. Right. I mean, if you think you have feelings and you think you have a sense you you might i think everyone to a certain point has that ability there's there's too much of your brain that we don't use i mean i guess we use our whole brain but there's just deeper parts of it that are intuition and instinct and some people have great gifts at this and other ones don't right right that's yeah that's true you know very true uh, were you, uh, as you're, this is our first show, obviously, uh, were you nervous about doing our first show? Um, 
With us, no. With, yeah. I know Let's Talk Ghost was kind of... Right. You because know. if you were, if you were stiff, yeah. you know, and if I was going to be stiff and I could feel, I was going to say I was going to grab a picture of my ex-wife and bring it out, and we, we'd get limp real quick and be fine. So, uh, but... <laughs> I'm assuming that's the demon we were talking about yes, earlier. Yes, yes, yes. But, uh, um, fascinating, fascinating. And so, uh, you had mentioned you did security work in the past. Um, and that has helped your investigations, obviously, looking at, uh, you know, evidence from a more uh, logical, perhaps, and uh, you know, better-looking eye in some ways uh, due to that. Do uh, you think that's true, or...? Yeah, I, I, you develop a process, and, you know, I was working for the Pinkertons and different areas around, different sites around the area. And part of the part of the job required doing investigations. We reported things missing or stolen or whatever the case may be. And there's some training that goes with it, but there's also some natural again instinct and and, and uh, intuition that that work as well. But you get the basics. You get the uh, how to do step one, how to do step two, and get them in the right order. And I think sometimes that leads with the skepticism that you know you hear a noise, you hear a bang, you feel a cold breeze, you know, you've got to say, you know, is it windy out, is it a draft, is, you know, is the door easily moved or is the, you know, screen door not on tight, it's, it's those kind of things that you, you want to believe, but you've got to also be able to disprove as quickly. Right, right. You know, you, you, when you do an investigation into someone that, that stole something, you know, you've got to go in to look at everything and not just take things at face value. And you got to, you have to prove, but you also have to disprove and rule out things as well. True, true. Huh. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so we're about ten minutes into our first show, and uh, and we'll, uh, and well, is there anything else that uh, you, that comes to mind that? Uh, you know, you had an experience with that, uh, you know, kind of changed your outlook on things. Uh, well, you know, you went back well, to uh, Alani, uh, and she had uh, got you, and you would never have believed or gotten involved with things that wasn't for her. Uh, can you elaborate a little more on that? Yeah, as far as as far as the the psychic thing, um, now you say that jogs things. Um, I'm actually a tarot card reader. Ah, and I th- have you have you read that book? Uh, there's one. Was it Tara? Tara 101. Tara. Oh my gosh, that like guy's Jameson a genius. James. I James. He, 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 he is, is amazing. He is amazing. I, it's up on Amazon, right? Amazon. Is that, it is on Amazon. And what's the uh, name of the book one more time? Tara 101. Modern ancient practices in the modern world. And it's by Jameson James. It's a great book. Uh, people, I did buy it. And I gave it away as a gift, just so you know. And I actually made a, a, a review on it uh, on Amazon as well. So if you're interested in learning Tara, that's a great way to go. Um, I learned about 25 years ago, I went took a night class at one of the local community colleges. And it was just kind of took it on a whim, on a goof, you know, you see you see tarot cards in the movies and things like that. And I was curious what it was all about. And by the time I got done with the six week class, I found I had a knack for it. And there were just things that coincidence no longer could explain. Right, right. You know, so I continued to practice with that and work with it and did readings on the side and I've done professional readings and that's kind of what got me started in the whole metaphysical thing and the, the that that aspect of the world um, but it wasn't until I met Alani and uh, which was probably about 
13, 14 years ago, um, they started to look at things through the, the psychic medium end. Yeah. The cards are very tangible, they're very physical. The cards are there. I reinterpret the cards. It's cut and dry. Aha. Uh, Alani talks to dead people, and that's not so cut and dry. There's. I guess not. You know, huh. we, we joke. When we're doing readings together, we ask them, do you want to talk to dead people, or do you want to get some insight on your, on your life? Wow. And if they want to talk to dead people, I send them to Alani, and if they just want to get some looks into their, their future and what's going on with them right now, I can do the reading just as well. So wow. that was probably my first experience of taking that class and, and getting that. And it was funny because the class, I kept practicing with the cards, and the cards kept indicating that I was going to, you know, change my career and I was going to be getting a new job and this and that. And I felt pretty secure in the security and stuff. And uh, within, within a month, maybe two, after getting done with the class and stuff, uh, I found myself in the position of leaving security. Wow. And not necessarily my choice leaving security, but leaving right. security, <laughs> um, at least for the one company. And uh, I looked back and I it, it clicked that all these readings about, you know, losing my job and changing careers, the universe was sending me a signal for months. Mm-hmm. And I just choose to ignore it because I wasn't really buying into the cards. Right. And right. that's kind of what kind of changed the course of how I looked at things. Huh. That's really awesome. It is. Yeah, the, the whole talking to dead thing, uh, dead people, is pretty cool too. I, I met, I might hit uh, Alani up for a reading on that. That's uh, that's pretty fascinating. Um, huh? That's far out, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's different. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so uh, the tarot cards, uh, the talking to dead people. <laughs> that's far out. Just out of curiosity, has she ever had like an experience with uh, a, a talking to a, a person that's passed on uh, where they're really pissed off? Or um, She's dealt with negative energies, negative spirits. Um, we did an investigation locally, and uh, the place is... It was really a strange... We, we'd done a lot of investigations, but this place was just really not wanting us there. Uh, it would drain our battery. Like we had fresh batteries, they'd be drained almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a camera crew actually there trying to film for us and their batteries were dying. Um, there was something that didn't really want us there. And uh, it, it, a lot of it doesn't spook easily. And not that she was afraid, but she was like, this thing that here is we need to try to move it along. Right. If right. we can move it along, we need to try to move it along. We spent time not necessarily trying to cleanse the area, but try to get this one energy out. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we do run into those kind of things. Uh, as far as Alani, she, she, doesn't, she sees, unfortunately, a lot of what she's seen, uh, especially with dead people or murder victims, suicides, uh, for some reason they come in to her. Wow. So she sees the uglier side of a lot of these things. She sees other things too, but it's kind of like um, the movie uh, Six Sense, a little bit, right? I guess because a little boy was seeing, he would see all kinds of like you know murder victims mm-hmm. or whatever. That sounds a little familiar or a little similar, I should say. Yeah, um, one of Alani's one of her more interesting stories, and she usually tells it, but I'll, I'll let go of some of it. Um, she's had this gift since she was young. Uh, young young child and uh, one day her and they were kids were playing and you know I don't think they were using the Ouija board or anything but they were just playing and stuff and Eli just came out and told this little boy he was gonna die. Wow. 
and that was just that freaked out the neighbors and Alani found herself grounded. Oh and, boy. And the family moved away, not because of that, but they moved, they moved away. Right, right. And um, come to find out, within a year after they had left, the little boy died. Wow. And, uh, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, one day a family member that knew the family was back at that house and they saw Alani and they're like, come here, come here, come here. And they called her over and they're like, this is the one that predicted Billy's death. Oh, wow. And Lonnie didn't know what was going on. Right, right. So now they're, now her mom comes over, like, what's going on? Cause now, and no, your daughter, but well, again, Lonnie got grounded for that. And, oh, gee. You know, she was on yeah. the, but yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, she, she saw it and, you know, she was young and really not trained on, uh, you know, I guess the social niceties of when you're medium until the boy was going to die. Wow. You know, so it's one of those things. Line tells us a story better, but <laughs> but it's just one of those things that, you know, it's you just don't think about it and you gotta be careful. These are you know, these are people's lives and stuff. I mean a certain responsibility comes along with it, I reckon. Absolutely. And not that not that don't allow any candy coats or anything, but she's not according to New York State law, she's not allowed to tell someone if she sees that. Yeah, you know, I actually ran into them myself. Uh the was it the first or second? I want to. I want to say it was the second time I, I was. Uh, I saw Phil Jordan. It was at a house party. Anyway, I was going through some stuff, um, and uh, my relationship was okay at the time. It was a, her name was Dana, and uh, Phil Jordan actually in the, the previous time I saw him a year earlier said I would meet a girl, and that would be my next great relationship. And her first initial would be D, and it mm-hmm. was. And her name was Dana. Then, long story short, Dana was a lot younger than me. When I met her, she just turned 21, and I was 37 at the time. So, yeah, I got a knock and knack. Anyway, um, it, uh, it, you know, because of the age difference, uh, you know, they had different interests, you know. And, you know, I used to call her, uh, what did I use? I had a nickname for her. Anyway, well, it'll come up to me in a minute because I'm old and I can't remember anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, Puff Puff, because she liked marijuana. She smoked marijuana like a little. I used to call her Puff Puff. That was a nickname. So anyway, Puff Puff. Um, uh, I had asked Phil Jordan. I said, you know, there's a lot of differences here. Um, is this going to work out? You know that kind of thing. And he said, well, you know, it goes the next 18 to 20 months. You know, it'll be it'll be okay. It'll it'll work its way out. Or however he worded it. And I just had a funny feeling the way he said it. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I'm like, what, what the heck do you mean by that? You know, because I spent a lot of time and money and energy into this. You know, I, I didn't know what to think of that. So anyway, long story short, uh, we, we broke up uh, months and months and months and months after that. And uh, within 18 months, uh, she actually had uh, passed away. She died. She was only 24. She just turned 24 and she died from a heart attack. Um, and that, you know, to me was his way of saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, so that that was pretty far. So I get what you're saying that they're not allowed to they're not allowed it's, to tell. Because I brought it up with Alani, I think at one point I said, you know, why would why would, because she she told me so we're not allowed to tell people that right. at all. Right, and it's and it's a it's a tough. She will she won't candy count, but if if you're a young person, and it really would be like a sudden, she probably would do what she could to avoid mm-hmm. the conversation. Uh, if she's discussing someone that's elderly or things like that. I know she has done things like said, oh, well, you know, you're approaching that time when you need to start, you know, labeling the pictures and 
you know, maybe putting sticky notes on, right. on the heirlooms the and right, stuff yeah. like that. And, um, you know, she's, she'll, she'll say it that way. Most people are good with that. Um, but, yeah, it can be it can be kind of a crazy thing. So you got to be careful with it and you got to be responsible. And, you know, there's, there's those that are responsible and there are those that really aren't. Uh, sister uh, or Mother Mary, whatever the heck her name was from years ago, uh, I had asked her, I was worried about, you know, how old was I going to be when I died and that kind of thing. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, late 70s, 80s, somewhere in there, you know, mid-80s, late 70s. And she goes, do me a favor, though. She goes, stay on four wheels. I have a motorcycle. I have a Harley. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't take that advice. I, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, no problem, because I had no interest in motorcycles. And I started dating this girl. Her name was Jamie, and she had a motorcycle. Well, one thing led to another. I had to have a motorcycle and learn how to ride. So anyway, um, so that that was the story of that, but I still have it today. But I have been thinking about selling it because of what you told me. Now, Shirley, and I, Joss, I'm so mad at myself, I can't think of Shirley's last name. Um, but when I saw Shirley, I've seen her three times now, and she keeps telling me, you know, I'm going to be a very elderly man. You know, I'll have a cane, she said, but, you know, I'll be up there, uh, which is nice to hear. You know, mm -hmm. she's not sugarcoating it. I can tell she really, that's what she sees for me, which is a good thing. Um so yeah i'm happy about that yeah that's and even when i'm doing cards you gotta let people know that this is not a carved in stone type thing this right. is you can you know take what we're saying to you either line yourself and put it to use if we're saying you know to do this then you have free will to listen to us or not and that's right. that directs it so you know a lot of times people will take what mediums and stuff say to heart and they will go crazy and you know not do something or, or do something and sometimes that's what causes the problem that wasn't what really the medium was saying to you right you know right. so we kind of try to you know make sure that our clients aren't living their life by the words we're giving them they need to use it as advice they need to use it as a guide but not to you know to stop doing things in their life that's everyday things. It's it really isn't meant to be that way. Right. Huh. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I uh, you know what time it is? I think it's shot time. What do you think? I think we need a shout out. Alright, and what are we going to be doing a shout out? So tonight? for our first show I brought a little something special. Ezra Brooks Bourbon cream liquor. Oh, all right. Uh, we have uh, different shot glasses to choose from. We have a little gray alien, or actually green. We have bottoms up with a nice chick's butt on there. Oh. And we have, let's see, world's greatest lover. That is definitely me. Uh, <laughs> we have, oh, and we also have some Confederate flag shot glasses as well. I'll take Confederate flag. All right. Because that will segue into what we're going to talk That's about. That's right. Next. A rebel shot. One double shot every 15 minutes till pain. No pain is felt. All right, so it's somebody's name, a doctor, somebody, another, which is probably some Confederate doctor. Right. So we're going to put that there, Pretty and good. I'm going to grab a Confederate one as well because that's how I am. Good. Good. And since we talk about marijuana, I just want to say one thing out loud. Remember, kids, marijuana's bad. I'm good. All right, there we go. And Anvil, here is to swimming with bow-legged women. women. Ah, that actually is really good stuff. It I is like good that. stuff. 
Oh, I drink a whole damn bottle. Damn. Oh, yeah. Eat mm. enough to do. Oh, yeah. Yummy, 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 yummy. All right, so I guess what we're going to be going to is a little, little of the news of what's going on in the world today. And there's so much going on. You got the, the fake memo for Trump, which we're not going to have time for tonight, but next show, we'll definitely touch that. But uh, right now, we've got what I believe in American history, or in, 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 yeah, American history right now is an attempt uh, by some certain groups to eliminate right. the history. Uh, uh, not yet, yeah, the race and eliminate aspects of our history. Um, one thing right now they're trying to do is take it down the, the statue of Robert E. Lee and uh, Stonewall Jackson. Um, you know, people forget that Robert E. Lee was married to the great granddaughter of George Washington, the first president of the United States. People, uh, he worked with U Ulysses Grant during the Mexican American War and became a decorated war hero uh, defending our country during that war. He was also the very first general um, that was offered the command of the Northern forces uh, before the Civil War actually began. Um, but he felt that he could not portray uh, Virginia, his, his native country, uh, and he wouldn't take up arms against Virginia. Uh, obviously, he later became the you know commanding general of the Confederate forces. But people forget he was offered the command of the, uh, the Northern Army. Um, he's also been, uh, uh, what else? Uh, he's been honored, uh, by West Point, um, and he, his teachings, uh, around the world, uh, or not his teachings, but his military tactics are still studied today around the world by military academies. Um, Stonewall Jackson, uh, another prime example, uh, again, war hero, a recognized war hero, um, his... Battle tactics are also studied around the world to this day and required at West Point uh, to study his tactics for initiative, uh, particularly for initiative. Um, neither one of these men really believed in uh, slavery. In fact, uh, Robert E. Lee, uh, I remember correctly, he actually uh, freed his slaves eight years before the war even began, uh, his family slaves. Uh, and his wife, actually, George Washington's great-granddaughter, uh, taught slaves reading and arithmetic and writing, which was against the law at the time. Uh, so she broke numerous laws doing so. Um, and what's going on right now, you know, the left wing, and I'm just going to say right out of the left wing nut jobs and the left wing, you know, uh, media uh, have portrayed anything to do with the Confederate war as evil. Um, and not that slavery was good and, and no one's advocating that in any way, shape or form here. Uh, but it's important to remember our history. We can't erase our history. You know, uh, the Chinese use slave labor to build the Great Wall. You don't see the Chinese going out and knocking down the Great Wall because it represented something uh, that was evil in their society. They recognized it. They know it was wrong. But you also have to acknowledge your past. You know, uh, what do you think? Yeah, and they, it's... It's disturbing, not not because I'm a racist, not because I'm white, but because it is part of our heritage, it's part of our history. And it was a horrible, horrible time in our history. It was brother against brother, it was yep. the country was torn apart. Um, slaughter. It was unbelievably bloody part of our history. And people are boiling it down to it was just about slavery and being racist, and it wasn't. I, you've got to, you've got to take things into context as well, and 
in the 1850s, 1860s, racism wasn't a thing. Right. It just wasn't a thing. There were other things that played in. There was uh, economics for the South and the North. There was other political things that were going on. And the country split. And the, the Lee went and fought. And to say now, um, 100, 150 years later, say, hey, well, you know what? Eh, you were a POS isn't right. And to tear it down just because it... And I'm not sure who it's offending. I really don't know who it's offending because up until two years ago, it wasn't offensive. Right. And this is what it's boiling down to. Up until two two years ago or thereabouts, until a white you walked into a church and shot some people and I don't know if he was wearing a Confederate flag or had a tattooed on the skull, whatever it was. But all of a sudden, they equated the Confederate flag with racism as yep. the new symbol of racism, yep. and went on their own jihad to get rid of it. And I just, what I find hard to believe is that just two years—we're not even talking a hundred years—two years, something went from being socially neutral to being a huge racist thing yep you know and uh it's not uh yeah i agree with you by the way uh it's just crazy how fast it uh, it came upon and how you know people t uh, just taking it um and trying to erase our history uh, you know a former slave by the way gave the eulogy at robert e lee's uh burial a former slave of his, and, he, and this is what he said, I've never met a more noble man as Robert E. Lee, who released all his slaves more than eight years before the War of the States. This is from his former slave, all right? This guy is just talking about how great, you know, this man was, and he wasn't a racist, and he, he wasn't an evil person. And what people fail to forget, you know, <laughs> the, the, the issue of slavery was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was not, I'm gonna repeat this again, not the reason for the Civil War. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. If you go back 20 years to the state houses of Georgia and Virginia, okay, you can actually read the statements. And 20 years before the war even broke out, they were already complaining about the power of the federal government and how they were getting stuck, you know, as they put it, stuck by the northern uh, states. So there was already this, this, this call to break away. And this is 20 years before the Civil War even broke out, before slavery even became a huge issue for the North. All right, so I just wanna point that out. You know, and if we're gonna erase history, then, you know, we have to get rid of George Washington, he had slaves. We have to get rid of Jefferson, he had slaves. No, we have to get rid of Madison. Literally had slaves. Yeah, we have to get rid of Madison, <laughs> yeah, right? We have to get rid of Madison, he had slaves. We have to get rid of Andrew Jackson, he had slaves. And Ben Franklin, had slaves. So we have to erase all that history too if we're going to go after, you know, a select few. Uh, the, it, I don't, to me, this is, it's just ludicrous what's going on. It's just absolutely ludicrous. You know, uh, it's ludicrous. You know, it, okay, you, you see these, the media, like recently, made this big ordeal about, you know, the, the people in the park, you know, protesting against the, the, the statues being removed. They had, they had torches. They had burning torches, by the way, people. Uh, they weren't yelling obscenities. Uh, they were not destroying any property. 
Now, I want to compare this to Black Lives Movement, okay? And you see them marching in the street, calling for piggies in the blanket, causing for their death, and all this other you know jazz, destroying property. You can't tell me, you can't tell me right now that racism is on white people in this country now because it's not. I'm sorry. If anything, it's racism against white people in this country right now, in my personal opinion. It, it is. Um, and again, the whole, it, it, it seems like the only, the only ethnic group that can be racist is white people. Right. You can't say, if, I'm proud to be white without being a racist. You're automatically a racist. If you say, I'm proud to be black, that's fine. Everyone's, yay, good for you. Black Heritage yeah. Month, Puerto yeah. Rican Heritage Month. Yeah. <laughs> Asian heritage, whatever, whatever it is. But if you ask for a white heritage month, oh my gosh, you're done. They'll say, well, that was everything up until 1960. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but where does it stop? When, when, where does it stop? Where's the line? Um, I know I, I threw a post on our Facebook page. What if, what if a group of Asians, Japanese Americans, Feel that the Pearl Harbor Memorial, yeah, offends them. Exactly, offends them. Yep, offends them. Yep, we gotta take it down. Get rid of it. Close it all down. It's the you know these are the people that put them in internment camps. Yep. And you know the fact that we memorialized, you know the the first Americans to fall in that war. Do we? At what point do we tear down the memorials, the monuments, uh, as we try to get new relations with? Uh, the Asian countries, Vietnam and Laos and those things, do they get offended by the, the, the wall in Washington, D.C. That, that memorializes the Vietnam vets? Yep. And, again, I'm not some of the vets. I appreciate the vets. But I think we all know the, the war in Vietnam was... It was very... It was controversial. Yeah, there, controversial. There were, there were a lot of things yep. done, and things that you probably would not be proud of right. and you know at what point do do we have to keep paying for for mistakes in history and and slap people in the face that were just doing what they were yeah. told know, to do exactly you know I my I didn't meet a lot of my ancestors they were burned gassed in uh, German camps all right so and I don't hate German people in fact some of the best people I've met are German people I don't hold anything against any German at all. Um, I kind of want to look at, you know, instead of white people or black people or Asian people or whatever it may be, I look at us as the human race. You know, we, we all share this planet. Um, we're one race. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. Uh, we are all one race. And I don't care what your gender is either. We're all one race. I don't care what your religion is. We're all one race. We inherit this planet together. That's the one thing we have in common. You know, we're the human race. And if we can just get past all this crap, you know, this world would be a much better place, you know. And it, but part of that is, you know, we're, we're living in a modern day society where, you know, we're not burning books, we're burning history books. We're actually burning. That's what we're doing. We're burning history. You know, instead of the old book burnings they would have, we're burning our history. You know, and that's that's the one thing we should never do. You know, if we forget about the past, we're never going to learn. You know, we're going to just keep repeating the same mistakes. So to me, 
this whole idea we got to take down statues and you know then all right if we're going to do that fine then we got to take them all down george washington's going to come down you know lincoln said some pretty nasty things at one point too i guess we got to rip him out too you know and uh you know malcolm x hey he said some nasty things too he's got to go um all these statues you know all these people that we uh we have holidays for and stuff it all's got to stop i mean if you if you want to be fair that's what you got to do am i am i wrong you you are not wrong um and like I said, this is just, you know, just out of burning history. They're, they're tearing it down. They're trying to erase it. Uh, they're not actually burning books anymore. They're just going to rewrite them, and they have been rewriting them. Yeah. I think if you look at a history book today versus a history book 30 years ago, um, the the political correctness is, is starting to influence it. And now we're getting away from the Confederacy and all that nonsense. But, you know, up until, I'll say, 20 years ago, Christopher Columbus was a hero, a great explorer. Yeah, exactly. There's actually social clubs, Knights of Columbus, KOC, that recognize this gentleman from, from Italy as being great. And again, it's one of those things where, you know what, he if he went back, he'd go back in the time machine and, and be to witness what was going on, it probably was not the pretty picture that was been painted. But yeah. you don't want to erase that history either. Right. You know, acknowledge that. Columbus, for the time, was probably appropriate for the time. But now, compare it to our current standard of moral right and wrong, it's definitely wrong. Yeah. And you're always yeah. going to have that. You you can't you can't apply 21st century standards to the 16th and 15th and 14th centuries. Right. And yep. say, well, these people were just horrible. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah, they were horrible, but yeah. that was acceptable then, and not that that makes it right, but that was acceptable then. You can't go back and change history. You can't change the past. You can just go forward and try to be better. And you know, if if that's the attitude we're going to take that we want to change, we want to put everything on the twenty first century standard, then we should be all in, all in, full chips, no holding poker on Islam, because Islam is still living in the twelfth century. Yeah. Sharia law, Sharia law. Yeah, which in a, no way works yeah. with 21st century <laughs> no, morals and standards. Yeah. If if we're going to rewrite it, then let's do it. Let's do it right. Let's make it across the board and say, you know what? If you're going to follow these outdated philosophies from a millennia ago, then yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah. not you're not going to fit in. And that and that's an interesting point. You know, where's the outrage on the left about that? There isn't. You know, there's more acceptance than anything. I mean, like raping. That's to me. That's that's raping a child. Well, there's that. The, yeah, the, I mean, the, that's how I look at that. So, how can the left can be okay with this is just beyond me. I don't know. Well, that you know? the homo, the homophobia throwing yep. throwing homosexuals off. Oh yeah, off I had, yeah the, the, the treatment yeah. of women. Yeah. You know, is not by any means acceptable. It hasn't been acceptable. That behavior towards women has not been acceptable in this country for well over a hundred years. Right. Right. But yeah, eh, yeah, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay with that. <laughs> okay. We're okay with that. But don't honor the guy that died right. 100 years ago doing what he what he felt was right. What he felt was right. Wasn't that Lee was a traitor? He fought for the side he thought was right. He did what he thought was right, just like people today do what they think is right. Absolutely. You yep. know, you got to respect. You got to respect the the... 
the opinion, you've got to respect the person doing what they feel is right. And when you don't, you're no better than the racist that doesn't like the color of your skin. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that was a great conversation. Um, I think uh, we got enough time for me to kind of go into my past. You got my part. Yeah, let's yeah. hear. Let's hear because I know you are a different aspect of the program. Yeah, I am a different breed altogether. You know, but I was so happy to do this first show. You know, I was like Miss Piggy with a frog in my throat. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, we get to that joke. Um, anyway. Um, I, I was trying to struggle with what story I was going to tell how I got involved with this. Um, and there's one from my very early childhood, but I think that's going to wait for another show. So that, that's, I'm going to put that one off. But I'm going to bring up, when I was six, seven years old, I used to go to the school library. I was in the first grade. And I would get every book by John Green, who was a Sasquatch book, Bigfoot researcher. He, he died, I think, in May of 2016. But he was like the godfather of Bigfoot Sasquatch. And um, I used to have my father read the books to me because there were a lot of big words in there that I didn't quite understand at that age. And uh, I was just fascinating because uh, I saw In Search Of with Spock, you know, Leonard Nimoy doing a Sasquatch special. So that's how I got started. And I was just enthralled with the Sasquatch stuff. And that got me rolling into opening up my mind a little bit. Now, let's fast forward a little. So I was like seven years old at that point. Now I'm 14. Uh, my parents had an awesome house in uh, Appalachian where I grew up until the age of 14, and then they wanted to go into major debt and build a nice, you know, $500,000 house. So we did that. They did that and end well. So I moved. Uh, but I used to uh, run back uh, to Appalachian and stay at a friend's house, uh, you know, throughout the year, uh, you know, a couple nights a, a week, every two or three weeks or whatever. So it was, uh, it was one. Uh, late spring, early summer night, and uh, we used to sneak out his bedroom window, and it was a Saturday night, and we used to soap windows on this road called Marshland Road in Appalachian. And uh, we were coming home one night from our little expedition, and um, we were just kind of screwing around on this uh, this highway called 434. And I looked down, and I thought I saw somebody, like a, a gentleman. It almost looked like his dad, to be honest with you. And right now, by the way, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, when you know when this is happening. And I, I, yelled at, I yelled to him, I was like, oh my gosh, it's your dad, da 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 we, we took off booking through the woods, up this incline, deep into the woods. We came out onto another road, I'm not going to name the road for now. And uh, anyway, we're walking up this road, and on one side it's all woods, because it's all mountain. You just go up a mountain, it's just miles and miles of woods. On the other side, it was a horse farm. And it was a clear night, there was no moon, but you could see all the stars. And it was not a cloud in the sky that you could see with the visual eye at night. Um, but this flash goes off. I mean, a really, really bright flash, like it was daylight. And I'm thinking, heat lighting? And I was like, could it be heat lighting? It wasn't It wasn't warm enough for that. And it, like, it lit up the road and everything around us in the woods. It was like a freaky flash. And I, we're looking at each other, and we're two kids. We don't know what the hell's going on, you know? And then another one off, and then another one. And I tell you what, I freaked. All I can think in my mind was there's somebody in the woods with a real high powered old style camera and that's what we had back then cameras with big flashes on them taking pictures of us to show our parents that's the only thing running in my mind of a 14 year old kid so i took off up the road at like mach 7 and i was a little guy so i could run like you know like the wind i was like jesse owens man and uh, i came around the bend on the main road and off the main road there was this old old trail it used to be a, a, a dirt road that went out to the old logging camp now in my wisdom i i just thought it would be bright to run down that road. And in, in a way, it kind of was, because if there was somebody following us with a camera, I wasn't leading him back to his house. So I ran off into the woods. 
and there was a ravine uh, next to that road and I I ran down to the ravine and I turned myself around and I got down on my chest so I was kind of facing up in into the woods away from the ravine and towards the uh, dirt road path and my friend started yelling for me and I, I yelled back I'm over here I'm over here and he, he finally found me and he gets down on his and he's like what was that and we're two kids we're we don't know we're going back and forth trying to figure out what it was and it was almost like time stood still everything in the forest stopped and you couldn't even hear the creek it was almost like even the water stopped and over our heads because we're looking up at an angle remember over our heads it literally at like treetop level comes this object and it had like a bluish reddish almost like a corona discharge you would have with a high voltage system and this craft you know when I, i'm thinking back that and I, I used to tell people it was like 40 feet in diameter, but I, I think it was probably much larger than that now that I think about it. Uh, it was probably maybe 60, 70 feet in diameter. Um, round craft, obviously. And it made no noise whatsoever. And there was no noise everywhere. I mean, it was just completely silent. Not a bird, not a cricket, not nothing. And it's over our heads. And I'm my jaw, I remember my jaw must have been hitting the grass where I was <laughs> my chest. And I, I didn't say anything, and he didn't say anything. And then the dish... It was there over our heads, and then it sh like you see in Star Trek where it warps off into space. That's what that thing did. It just warped. I mean, it was dead stop, and then it went poof, like warp one instantly. And it went right over the direction and right over the top of his house because his house wasn't that far from where we were. And I just remember sitting there for a second or two, and then I, I just said, I said, you're not going to believe what I just saw. And a minute goes by, and I go, yeah, yeah, I will, because I, I saw it too. And I jumped up. I'm like, I'm like, we gotta get the hell out of here. You know, whatever that thing was went over your house. We're not going there. I'm like, we gotta. I was freaking. And he couldn't move. He was so scared. He literally was paralyzed on the ground. He was paralyzed. Um, and I remember shaking him, and I finally pulled him up. And he was a big guy. You know, it took a lot of effort. So finally, we actually ran through the woods in the opposite direction until we got down to the Highway 434, and we hung out there until morning. Um, and then we made our way back and stuck back into his bedroom window. And of course we didn't sleep, we couldn't. Uh, but that's what really was the key moment that opened my mind that the universe is much more complex and fascinating um, than we are led to believe, at least you know, through our social upbringings. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic and it was a very strict Catholic upbringing. Uh, you went to church every Sunday, uh, you went to CCD class it was called, which is you know, religious school basically at night. I actually went to Catholic school for a little bit too. Um, but uh, this kind of stuff just wasn't talked about. You know, it was work of demons and all that crap. Um, so it, that's what opened my mind. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was my very huge first experience, um, and it just changed my entire outlook. So at the start of the story, there was a guy that you saw that you thought was his dad. Right. Who was that? We don't know. We never found out. It okay. wasn't his dad. We don't know who it was. Just, yeah. And I, I, I don't know to this day. We don't know who that was. Okay. Um, and I actually was so freaked out about it. I actually called the state police uh, a day later when I was home, and I told him what I saw. I talked to an officer, and he was he was bummed out. The officer I was talking to was really cool about it. Um, I didn't tell him about the soaping the windows, obviously. 
But uh, <laughs> he uh, he was mad at himself because there was a UFO group that came around. I think it was MUFON actually, mm. and gave him pens with the number on there. If, if someone calls him with a, a sighting, this is a, you know here's the right. number, and he couldn't find one of the darn pens. So he was really bummed out, and he, he apologized to me. And I then believe it or not, I called the Tri Cities Airport, and I wanted to know if they saw anything on the radar that night. And the guy, right, the guy in the tower was throwing nuts, a kid. You know, I'm this 14-year-old kid. Hey, you see anything on the radar? You know, and it, it, he's like, no, we didn't. You know, he was an older guy. I could tell you, guy had to be in the 70s, you know, late 60s, 70s. And, uh, he, you know, nothing came up on the radar, at least according to him. Um, and I never found out if there was other reports of that evening. I, I never heard from anybody if there was. I didn't ever see anything on the MUFON or the National UFO Reporting uh, Center website either. I never saw anything for that close to that date because this was 1987. So this is going back, you know, quite some time. Um, 14 years old, yeah, 1987. That's right. Yep. So, and then years later, um, I took the kids. Uh, we got I got back into the back of the Bigfoot stuff uh, just before the simple fact that I was getting older. I hit 40, and I knew that if I didn't start getting out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, I was never going to do it. Um, so I, I made a conscious effort to start doing that. And I met Heather, uh, my fiance. I call her my wife now. Um, and she had two kids from a previous marriage. And I figured, well, you know, let's do a, a Bigfoot slash camping trip. Uh, really, it was a camping trip. You know, I went to an area where people over the past couple hundred years had seen Sasquatch or found footprints or whatever. I honestly did not think anything was going to happen. Um, I came well prepared. I had recorders with me just in case, and I brought my 16 gauge, not because I'm trying to kill Bigfoot, uh, but there are bears in the area, and I found a ton of bear tracks up there, and I did not want to become, you know, a chicken wing for a bear, or any of my family members for that matter. So anyway, long story short, we're camping out, and the kids go to bed. Me and Heather are sitting around the, the fire. Now, Heather's deaf, so she can't hear anything. She's actually legally 100% deaf, 100%. And uh, we're sitting around the fire. We, went, we brought one of the dogs in moonshine, and the dog was just freaking out, running between us. The mouth was watering. It was like 9 o'clock at night. And I don't know what the hell. We're in the middle of nowhere, by the way. This is literally, you know, you, you poop in a bucket and bury it, I mean, type of place. It, there's, and the access, you know, it, it, it's rough riding. You need a 4x4 truck to get where we were. So state land. So long story short, uh, we start hearing this. I don't know what it was, but something out in the woods, and it's going back and forth. You can hear them answering each other, and I don't know if they're owls or what the heck. I never heard an owl like that before. I don't know. It could have been. I just I never heard one before like that, and that was pretty freaky, and it really got the dog freaked out. So that stopped after about 40 minutes, okay, and the dog finally calmed down, and about be 11 o'clock, we figured, all right, you know, whatever was happening is over with, so we figured we go to sleep. Now, I left the recorder in the truck. <laughs> I left my camera in the truck, my cell phone, everything. The only thing I had me was my, my 16 gauge. So we're sleeping in the tent, you know, and yeah, I go to bed, fell asleep. And about, I don't know, probably around 1.30 in the morning, I get woken up by the scream of all screams. Uh, just like what you heard in the opening, by the way. That is a real, slowly a real Sasquatch scream I, uh, from, I think, the state of Washington from like the 1970s. But that is a real uh, reported uh, recording. Anyway, long story short, that's what I heard. That's why I picked that, by the way, because uh, it's exactly what I heard. And I shot up out of my, and Heather obviously can't hear it. The kids are out cold. They don't hear it. the dog and me heard it. And then I heard the coyotes, you know, answering this thing. So then I knew for sure it wasn't a coyote. And that freaked me out even more. And this thing, this green thing, I could tell was at least a half a mile away. 
but it was so uh, powerful you could feel it in your chest and it would ricochet it was ricocheting off the mountains it, it was nuts I was scared out of my living freaking mind and of course I wasn't I'm not getting out the tent to get the recorder no way uh uh not happening in fact I was in panic I was actually panicking I was actually considering grabbing the kids and her throwing them in the truck and leaving everything and just driving out of there in the middle of the night like a madman um, I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have killed us because I was that freaked out and, and the rough terrain uh, at night was not a good idea. Um, even though I had a, a loaded 16 gauge next to me that would stop a Mack truck and a bear, a grizzly bear easy, um, I was still scared of my mind because it just, I, I can't explain to people the, the power of that scream um, and the fear it puts into you. So I stayed up the rest of the night in the tent. Um, and as soon as it got just bright enough, I went out and built up the fire again. And I sat around until they got up. I told Heather what happened, and then I fell asleep with a cigar in my mouth and a couple shots of whiskey. And I fell asleep in a chair around the fire. Uh, but that is a very true story, and I think we left that day. I said, that's it. Time to pack it in. I was that yep. freaked out. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my story, and that's, I'm sticking to it, man. That would do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that would do it for me, screaming things. Oh, God, dude, it was, oh, things. my God, I'll never forget that night the rest of my life. Oh, this is like the UFO thing. There's just certain things you never forget, and uh, those were those were it right there, I tell you. You know, and, of course, uh, the time I met my ex-wife for the first time, you never, you know, forget those moments. Dummy that I was. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Hell, do you have anything else you like to add? Oh, I don't know. This is, I think this is a good start. Um, do you got an idea about us? We talk about it all. Yeah, we did. We talked um, about it all, man. You know, and we're gonna have some interesting topics coming up in the next few. Next what few is weeks. the next topic we're doing for the next show? Next topic we're gonna do. I would like to do one on genetics Ooh. or eugenics, eugenics or genetic modifying or GMO. Ah. Uh, my last couple movies I've watched have dealt with that topic. <laughs> And uh, we'll talk about that on the next show. What got us me thinking that direction, and take a look at where where this is. This is there's been so many advancements in the 20, 21st century, and twenty first century is only seventeen years old, but we're taking leaps and bounds. And I think there's some things that need to be talked about. Absolutely, um, I think it's be a great topic, and I really can't wait. Because uh, there's more news we're going to cover in the uh, uh, on that show as there's well. Always, there's always news. There's always going on. Always news. Yeah, news is good. News is good. But I think we should take a moment and again thanks uh, Diversity Broadcasting Network for carrying the show. And there's a lot of great shows on the network. If you go up oh, to the web page, uh, there's something on every day of the week. Uh, multiple shows on every day of the week. There's always something going on. There's if you're interested in any particular topic. Uh, it's on there. I'm, I'm sure it's on there. Uh, and I wish I could remember every name of the show, and I, I will next time. I'll try and get that information out to everybody. But please check it out. Uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, and again, a big thanks to uh, Let's Talk Ghost for promoting our show for us. And, getting us, uh, getting us, and get us guarded. You know, Steve's a great guy. Really, and Steve's a great train guy. for this. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't for Steve, I, I know I wouldn't be sitting right here no, right now uh, doing a show. Me neither. Um, I had met you before, before the show, a couple times. Right. I came into your old shop. I think that's the very first right, time I met shop you. When we had Actually, the... the very first time I met you, my ex-wife used to work for you. You don't remember. Oh. You shook my hand once. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Going back a... to the retail man. Yeah, days. that was yeah. a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, back so. in the day. So we're on the web as well, and it's 
Let's Talk It All.com. We're on Facebook, Let's Talk It All on Facebook. Uh, you can contact us through our website, Let's Talk It All.com. There is a uh, contact us tab, and if you go there, there's a little form you can fill out and send us send us your thoughts, send us your requests, send us what you think we would be interested in talking about or what you might want to learn more about. Um, and we'll be there for you. And science says we use 100% of our brain, but until we open up 100% of our mind and use that, science and magic will always be separate. Amen to that, man. Amen. All right, and on that, y'all have a good night. We're out. All right. And we leave you tonight with the acapella stylings of the Squatch and Poof. <laughs>